Well, the 2022 birthday offering for Jesus is now fully received. And I have an awesome report to share with you, as well as a spiritual focus in this Midweek Connection, January the 11th, 2023. Here are this week's announcements. Number one, the monthly men's breakfast is set for Saturday, January the 21st at 8 a.m. in the community room. The speaker this month will be John Hunsberger, who is one of our elders, and his topic is going to be the discipline of prayer. So we ask you to RSVP utilizing the link provided in this Friday's email blast. Number two, the Caregiver Support Group will hold their January meeting on Sunday the 22nd at 2 p.m. in the community room. Now the speaker will be Crystal, I have a hard time pronouncing this word, Doig, from Aging Resources of Central Iowa. Now Crystal will be sharing uh, relevant information about First Wishes, a First Living Will or Advanced Directive, for an individual's personal, emotional, and spiritual needs, as well as their medical needs. Now, uh, no RSVP is required, and all are encouraged and welcome to attend. Number three, Dominican Republic. Uh, we are planning to take another mission trip there this coming July, and we have an interest meeting coming up on um, Sunday, January the 29th. Now, if you'd like to learn more about this trip, then you'll want to attend that meeting. More information will be available in this week's email blast, and you can sign up for this meeting utilizing the link that will be provided as well. And finally, the report that I promised you, the report on the 2022 birthday offering for Jesus. Now, this year's Christmas offering was focused on two local agencies who help women who find themselves with an unwanted pregnancy, Ruth Harbor Ministries and Agape Pregnancy Resource Center. Now, right after announcing these agencies back in November as the recipients of this year's offering, there was a donor who gave a designated gift of, catch this, $50,000 to be given to the Agape Pregnancy Resource Center. Now, with such a large gift being designated to, to one of the two agencies, the decision was then made to take all of the remaining gifts, all the other gifts that came in, and to then designate them to the Ruth Harbor Ministries. Now, this totaled for them then $28,500 making the total giving for this year's Christmas offering $78,500. That's amazing. Now, I know that both of these worthy organizations are going to be blessed by your generous giving toward their cause of promoting life and helping women find life-giving solutions for their unwanted pregnancies. And so, I thank you, TMC, I thank you for another tremendous birthday offering for Jesus. 
Well, those are the announcements for this week. Let's turn our attention now to the spiritual focus. Well, this week I want to talk to you about prayer. Now, there are several kinds of prayer. There's personal prayer, there's family prayer, there's corporate prayer with one's church family. And today, it's that last one that I want to focus on, corporate prayer with one's church family. Now, how would you respond to this question? question is this, should a church pray together? I mean, it's pretty simple. Should a church pray together, or is corporate prayer with one's local church unnecessary? Now, I might be going out on a limb here, but I believe most of you would say that corporate prayer as a church gathered is really important. And I would agree. In fact, it was clearly a regular practice of the New Testament church. In Acts chapter 1, verses 13 through 14, it tells us there that after Jesus ascended to heaven, the believers got together for corporate prayer. Verse 13 says, And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now later, as the apostles were considering who should take the place that had been vacated by Judas Iscariot, they gathered as a group to consider two men. One was named Justice, and the other Matthias. Verses 24 and 25. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. In chapter 2, after the Holy Spirit had come to indwell all who believed in Jesus, we find Peter preaching his first recorded sermon. And in that, 3,000 people responded with faith and repentance, and they came together then as the church of Jerusalem. Now, what did they do as a church? Well, chapter 2, verse 42 tells us, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. What do we find there in verse 42? We find that they learned God's word together. They grew in relationships with one another. They observed communion together and they prayed together. Now, as we continue to read through the New Testament, we find many local New Testament churches being formed and one of the things that we will find that they did together was they would come together to pray. 2,000 years later, we find that most churches struggle when it comes to corporate prayer. Now, within our own church, there are several smaller groups who gather for prayer, and that really is a good thing. And I would say I would hope that many more small groups would form for the purpose of prayer. But I wanted to inform some of you who are newer members and remind the more established members 
that we have set aside the second Sunday of each month as a time for the church to come together for prayer. We call it the Second Sunday Prayer Gathering, and it's held in the community room from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. It's led each month by one of our elders who prepares a prayer guide in advance and then leads those who gather through it. Typically, we have between 20 and 35 people attending, and that really is great. But you know what? I believe it would be even greater if that number were to double or to even triple. Now, we've done everything that we know how to do to make it as convenient as possible for you. The time that we've chosen is one that our ABF people are already accustomed to coming and being at church at that time. It's one meeting per month, so it's not overtaxing on one schedule. For those with children, our TMC Kids team has a morning pancake breakfast and uh, a prayer time for the kids as well. And we've set the ABF schedule, the Adult Bible Fellowship schedule, on that Sunday to not meet so that there would not be anything competing allowing for all to attend. And finally, we put a reminder in the Friday email blast the week that the second Sunday prayer gathering meets. Now, with all that said, I want to extend an invitation to you to join your fellow church members for our next Second Sunday Prayer Gathering. It will be on Sunday, February the 12th. Now, I ask, would you put that on your calendar and would you then join us? You know, through the years, I've often heard well-meaning Christians bemoan the fact that Bible reading and prayer were taken out of the public schools years ago. In fact, some have said quite passionately that if prayer and Bible reading were reinstated in our schools, there would be a revival and a major turnaround in our country. Well, perhaps. But listen, before prayer could make a reappearance in our schools, it would need to make a reappearance in our churches, don't you think? If Christians will not gather monthly to pray together with their church family, why would we think that it would happen in our non-Christian public schools? Now, I'm sure that someone, perhaps more than one, who is watching this is going to accuse me of using manipulative tactics to try to bolster our second Sunday prayer gathering numbers. But let me assure you, that is not my intention at all. No, I just feel it important to call our attention to the disconnect between what some of us might want to see in our schools, but don't even practice in our own church. That can be fixed, though. That can be rectified by simply saying, you know what, this is important, and I'm going to begin to attend and pray with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, I hope that you'll take my invitation seriously and that you'll join us for this important spiritual work. I believe if you do, you'll be blessed, and I believe that God will be honored, and I believe the church then will be strengthened. Okay, well, let's take just a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you now just acknowledging how important it is for us to pray, yes, individually, but also 
corporately as a local body of believers. And Father, we all have busy schedules and there's just so much to do and only so much time and only so much energy. And yet, I would have to believe that one one hour meeting a month is doable. So I'm praying that you will touch the hearts of those who hear this, who are part of the Mission Church, and that you would inspire them to come to the February meeting and to begin to get into the habit of joining with fellow Christians to pray, to pray for our church, to pray for its ministries, um, to pray for one another and needs that may be um, uh, important in our own community. Father, help TMC to not only be a disciple-making church, but one that prays together as well. And as you do this, we'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, this coming Sunday finds us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And what we will see there is that the information that we find in verse 2 is the natural and logical next step to the call that we found Paul making in chapter 1, verse 1, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Well, I look forward to our time of worship in song and in the word. May God bless you and have a great week.